How am I supposed to? Welcome to Watchmen Minute, where we take a look at the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen, one minute at a time. My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes Podcast. I'm Eric Nash from Almost Famous Minute. And I am Alex Thompson from the retired Galaxy Quest Minute. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Minute uh, 161 starts with a plot to sacrifice a few cities and ends with Ozymandias playing a practical joke. So you you mentioned... You mentioned a few cities here. So he name checks mm-hmm. yeah. New York, L.A., Moscow, Hong Kong. And the next spoiler, I guess, for Tuesday, we'll also see Tokyo, London, Paris, and Beijing among the cities mentioned. Yeah. He's saying he's going to disintegrate them. Uh, how are only 15 million people going to be killed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I wrote down 15 or 50. Yeah, I, I looked hard at that i was i was like is there uh, and you know did it, i tried to look at subtitles on the dvd i looked at the the <laughs> script he sent me and uh, so so i did a little bit of research on this and these are rough numbers like so i, I mm. these are what i got from five seconds of googling so <laughs> you know taking for what they're worth so new york city in 1985 and this is the real world 85 obviously i don't know the population figures in watchman verse uh, it was about 7.2 million. LA is about 8.2 million. Moscow is about 8.6 million. Hong Kong about 5.5 million. Uh, so the total between those four cities alone is about 29 million and change. <laughs> so, see, I'd be interested in knowing, understanding, like what this blast radius is. I yeah, mean, you know, because yeah. what we see later on, it's it's clearly this is very circular yeah. <laughs> thing. It's yeah, not, it's not. It's, uh, like, it's not like a missile being dropped and maybe you know being spread over, you know, in some kind of line mm. pattern or something. So it's either that these blasts don't disintegrate the entire city or that maybe cities are just far less populated in this alternate universe. Hmm. I think because it's just, I mean, con- compared to the size of the city itself, like we'll see later on this week, the actual size of the crater that is left behind you know, and it's not taking up the entire island of Manhattan. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's concentrated to the center. Um, I'll have, uh, I've provided visuals for later in the mm-hmm. week <laughs> that uh, we'll get into then. So I think with throughout each of these cities, it's not like it's doing the entire city. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny that I also did the populations. I, I went to populations in 1980 because I knew the, that we had, we did census taking every 10 years. So it was harder for me to find 1985 numbers, but yeah, that's pretty close um, yeah. to what you had few, yeah. a few million uh, fewer than, than what you had. But uh, I also looked at the world population in 1980 just to get kind of a, huh. a scale. Um, and it was, Four point like four three nine billion in nineteen eighty, and the the fifteen million that he talks about is point three three percent of the world population at that time. So, hmm. you know, not yes. so bad, all things considered. <laughs> mm. To quote the the movie, well, that's I think. Well, I mean, this is the interesting moral conundrum. 
mm. uh, of his plan here, right? You know, the idea of killing millions to save billions. Yeah. I know he has this line here, the the world's punishment for flirting with World War Three, which I know is the hypothetical reason that Dr. Manhattan is killing people. But it does it feel like Ozymandias believes it a little bit too? Or is it just, mm. or is that purely his reason that he's imposing on Manhattan? Um, I'm not sure. I, uh, I like to, I like to, th- I mean, I, I'm going a little bit further with when he talks about the humanity's savage nature leading to uh, global annihilation. Mm-hmm. You know, that takes me back to the scene where the comedian lights the map on fire. Yeah. And, you know, I'm almost surprised they don't cut that in here, you know, just as mm. a, um, as he's saying that about the savage nature, yeah. I think it would have, well, would have worked. It, um, it's something about his performance, mm. uh, uh, the performance of Matthew Good here. It's it's kind of the sneer on his face while he says that line, the world's punishment. Okay. And then it's that smirk a couple seconds later that to me doesn't, it kind of takes away the moral ambiguity. I don't know how I feel about it as a mm. as a choice, as a as an acting choice and as an editing okay. choice because it it sort of feels like he is also punishing the world. Like like he's no longer just a person making a tough choice, but he has appointed himself judge, jury, and executioner here. I think to me, and I think that's probably true. You know, yeah. it definitely definitely feels like. Um... You know, he would say something like, you know, I'm the smartest man in the world and I'm the only one that can see how to fix this, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just going to take, like he says at the beginning here, you know, sacrificing millions. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, as I was watching the performance and especially as he climbs these stairs and he's yeah. continuing to talk um, – I think it was the the line where he goes, all these years, John was helping me replicate his power. And then it, it really struck me how happy I am that Jeremy, Jeremy Irons is going to be playing Adrian Veidt in the HBO Watchmen series. Because it feels like in that moment, Matthew Good is channeling like Jeremy Irons from like Die Hard with a Vengeance. And Jeremy maybe- Irons. Yeah, and maybe even a little bit of scar from Lion King when he's you know just delivering that that monologue, um, the way he hits certain words, it, it just really feels like. Um, yeah. Well, Matthew Good's natural nationality is what he's he's British or. Yeah, I think we've. I think I've been wrong about it in the past. I think I've always thought he was Irish, but. I th- Pretty sure we've said that he uh, is English, British, according but... to Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, that does. There is actually a bit of parallel there with Jeremy Irons, especially if you're talking Die Hard with a Vengeance. Given that there he was a British man doing a, a German, right? Yeah. I, I wonder. Yeah. You, you mentioned the the comedian and the burning the map. So, did Ozymandias always agree? With secretly agree with the comedian's nihilistic point of view, or is this some uh, epiphany that he had? Did he come I don't to think this he, realization? I, th- I think that was the moment that he realized, or that's the moment that he 
you know, comedian taught him basically then that humanity is just going to kill itself. And I think that's what I, I spoke about this last week, that that's the moment he knew. Um, but it was probably a while before he realized what his plan was going to become. You know, I don't think I don't think that was the moment where he was like, well, I'm just going to nuke, you know, 15 million people. No, but that is the moment where he said essentially um, that humanity um, are not going to save themselves or something. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or to to paraphrase Superman Red Sun, that's the point when he decided he had mm. to put the whole world in a bottle. Um, I noticed right at the start of the minute, like the first 10 seconds of this minute, it takes Night Owl and Rorschach about 10 seconds to collectively get to their feet. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, well, it really only takes Rorschach about two seconds as he's getting up and then he helps Dan for like a few more seconds. And then meanwhile, Ozymandias is already hitting the stairs and doesn't even seem to like have broken a sweat so it's a nice nice uh visual uh example of just these three men and how how different they are yeah well it's it's something i i had notes on later in the week but Mm. um i guess i can touch on it now in terms of uh kind of i guess physical fights physical fighting abilities I think Speedster is about as OP a power set as you could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like high power teleporting, like uh, like Nightcrawler. I'm thinking of like the the opening scene in X2. But sure. um, I mean, when you actually apply uh, Speedster's fighting abilities to any situation, the only thing that could beat them is a faster Speedster, really, or like a Psychic or something like that. Because I mean. These guys, I don't, I'm pretty sure they didn't even land a punch, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they ever did. Or if they did, it, it didn't have any effect. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of kicks delivered between, I, I feel like, between Night Owl and Ozymandias, but I don't think he ever, I don't think Night Owl ever landed a, a yeah. hit, or Rorschach for that matter. Although those two, I wonder how that wasn't that wasn't expected. Yeah, yeah, I wonder how much armor or how much those uh, their their I'm gonna call it armor just because I hate calling it costumes, but their how much their armor protects them from something like that because it did hmm. seem a little strange to me that Ozymandias probably know he knows they're coming, but why is he just sitting and chilling in his costume, in his <laughs> his armor? It's funny. I I wondered that when I was editing. Um, recently minutes for when Ozzy was, uh, Ozzy, uh, yeah, when Ozzy was toasting his scientists, mm-hmm. um, it, it struck me then like, why is this dude in a costume? <laughs> or, so. I, I mean, other than obviously the theatricality of it, because it's a movie, right. yeah. um, the only thing I can think is that it provides some uh-huh. enhancement to his own natural physical abilities. Like, I, I mean, I, I, his speed seems to be a natural or uh, some ability that is inherently his, but the costume probably either provides him some degree of strength or, or armoring, you know, against actual hits that land on him. The, the little headband though, uh, that's silly. (laughs) I'll take the headband. I'm I'm glad they, he's not wearing the, uh, the little domino mask. Domino mask. 
I, I don't care for his. I love it on Night Owl One and Comedian, but I, I really hated the the Eye of Ra style domino mask that they gave him in the early part of the movie. Yeah, well, it it's it doesn't suit him very well because he has a relatively small face. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. His head seems very small, so the mask kind of dominates his features more than it does on, like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys each, I think, kind of mentioned the stairs, him going up the stairs, and, and I didn't actually write anything about the stairs, but what I wrote was uh, I just had this very kingly kind of uh, uh, sense about him. And it happens to be while he's while he's ascending the stairs and sure. rising above. Oh, yeah. Yeah, taking the high ground. Yeah, yeah, and this is a man who essentially is appointing or anointing himself, kind of the ruler of the world, essentially. He is anointing himself its protector, I would argue, by virtue of what he is doing. Oh, yeah. Well, it's such a a weird choice. Um, After they get back up, uh, and then Rorschach starts to make a move to rush Ozymandias mm. again, and and Night yeah. Owl holds him back. I I know Rorschach's moral code is very rigid and inflexible, but it should be obvious at this point they can't take him. <laughs> what 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 solu- At this point, he should be looking for another solution besides trying to beat him up. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. It's it's rough. I think, like you mentioned, with his. Moral code and everything is just um, – he doesn't beat around the bush. He doesn't – you know, he, he'd like the direct approach with everything. And yeah. we talked about it last week about how he said, you know, we're, get, we're only going to get one shot at this. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he's doesn't know what to do because he can't yeah. go back in time and figure this out another way. Like it's they've, – they've had their one chance and they blew it. Yeah. To to paraphrase another movie with Patrick Wilson in it, um, Rorschach is a blunt instrument. You know, he he uh, he really his problem solving technique is barrel forward. So, you know, when barrel yeah. forward didn't work the first time, he's kind of stuck as far as what to do. So I like how uh, after this line about, I guess it's his uh, his. Ozymandias' last line in this minute about the uh, in order to save the planet he had to trick it with the greatest practical joke in human history and I love that Adrian calls his plan a practical joke and it it feels like it's sort of an homage to the comedian for being the one right yeah. you know who I, I think who inspired this plan you know all those years ago mm. so it's kind of Kind of him coming around to the idea of, of it's all just a joke, and we've heard that now uh, several times from Comedian and even uh, Laurie, yeah. you know, so coming around to the What idea. exactly is it that he thinks is a joke? Is it human nature? Is it the idea that humanity can protect and defend itself? Well, I think, um, I think as he talked about, tricking the world in order to save it like you know because he he realizes people don't want to be bothered to save the world you know we we have all the necessary tools that we need to stay healthy or to not pollute you know Mm -hmm. if we 
lived a, a cleaner, healthier life. We could live longer. We could prosper, um, not damage the planet as much as we do. But you know, we like our things, and we like to drive our cars fast, and we like mm-hmm. to eat junk food at three a.m. You know, well, so who doesn't? I think it's yeah. So I think it's kind of the the notion that we're not going to save the world by convincing everyone to live a, a better life. It's, it's, it has to be tricked, you know, in this case, it has to be, you know, tricked that it's Dr. Manhattan punishing the world and instead of some other, I guess, mm-hmm. more complicated plan. Um, yeah. Uh, this plan's plenty complicated anyway. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it'll come up, up again, but it's, it's the, uh, it's Reagan's old thing of, of you know the the thing that would uh, unite all of Earth, all the countries on Earth, is if uh, there was an al- some kind of alien invasion. Oh yeah, or threatening you know. As I'm well familiar with from uh, my current well, podcast, yeah. <laughs> which we'll get to during plugs. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Uh, have you guys noticed? Because um, I saw something weird in this minute. Is there a particular pattern that has been we've noticed over the course of the movie in the movement of Rorschach's masks? Some kind of correlation between the movements and emotional state or any kind of anything? Or does it just seem like the shapes move in whatever way is kind of cool at that point in time? Mm. Um, I, I don't think I've ever noticed a big um, clear example of like if he's surprised then it looks like he's got, you know – big wide eyes or anything like that, but I don't know. I was watching this minute. He looks like he gets a smile almost like a real big smile. When, uh, he says, when Ozymandias turns his back, talk about his energy breakdown. His mask goes from a smile, from like a frown to a gigantic smile. Mm. And I just thought it was really silly. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I I see what you're talking about. In general, when in that shot where Osmandius is in focus and the other two are in the background, I thought the mask kind of looked like a Groucho mustache with big reflective (laughs) sunglasses on it. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I see it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I, I remember reading, you know, years ago that when Dave Gibbons drew, like, any time you, any panel that Rorschach is featured, he never drew the mask the same way twice. So, mm. I mean, someone could go through the book and count how many times we see, you know, how many panels Rorschach appears in. But um, so there, there is out there then a, a finite, you know, number of how many different masks or different uh, shapes the mask takes. And then sure. I imagine here in the movie, I, I, I imagine they went through the. Uh, um, the effort, I guess, to never repeat a pattern as well. Mm-hmm. So. Or or at least to give it a language, I guess. Um, sure. Nice transition from one to the next. Because I, I guess that's one thing the book couldn't do is, is show the, I guess, animation between panels. So, yeah. I mean, they it always moves subtly. Like it never took you know hard, drastic sh- uh, sh- shifts. But Sure. So um, I guess I'll just talk about this just now because he isn't really in the rest of the week very much. But 
Uh, we get Patrick Wilson here as Night mm. Owl 2. And uh, for those who haven't seen it yet, I guess, he is Orm in Aquaman. It just seems like we're getting yeah. a lot of actors now are starting to really cross over in between comic book movies. I feel like for a while, no one was really kind of walking between yeah. worlds. And now you get mm-hmm. feels like you're getting a lot of it. Right. Yeah, It's it seems like in the maybe the mid 2000s, there was like a unspoken rule like, well, this is your one chance to play a comic book character because they're not going to keep making comic book movies. So you only have real one chance to get in into these movies, you know, and yeah, now it's definitely not the case. We've, yeah. How many characters has Ryan Reynolds played? Like Blade and Ryan Deadpool Reynolds has played twice, Hannibal King, you know? Deadpool, Green yeah. Lantern. Yeah. Um, I mean, if the... you want to count Pikachu as a comic book character, given that he's in manga, um, you could say Pikachu as well. Um, yeah. I was even thinking, but like actors who aren't, you know, Ryan Reynolds level of sure. stardom, um, Jimon Hunsu uh, was in Constantine. Mm, yeah. He was in Guardians. He had a cameo in Aquaman. Um, I feel like Shazam. Yeah. There's, um, it came up at bar trivia one night, so I don't remember what the actual number is, but Chris Evans has apparently actually played <laughs> seven different comic book characters. Right. Um, you know, and at the same time then it, because comic book movies are becoming so ubiquitous and because they are actually getting good actors for them, the non comic book movies where you're like, Oh, huh. Um, so it's like Wolverine and Batman are trying to do magic with the help of, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, Ulysses Claw and, uh, Scarlett Johansson in that movie. I don't know. No, oh, yeah. J- just, just kind of a weird, you know, sure. observation on comic book movies. They're, they're just proliferating. Yeah. It almost feels like maybe this, you know, maybe Watchmen would have done better if it came out in 2019 instead of. Hmm. 2009 because you know they were obviously playing up the the movies that that were currently going around you know um yeah we have in 2008 i mean watchmen i think but not the level that we have now yeah i think uh, the watchmen movie was deconstructing a genre that i don't know was ready for deconstruction yet Sure. For uh, for at least for the the main populace, you know. I, I, now I feel like you you could, and there already have been materials that have done that. You know, The Incredibles yeah. deconstructed the heck out mm. of, of superheroes and reconstructed them. But um, now I I think at the same time though, I think some of the 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 weak points i guess i would say of a watchman of the movie i probably still would be considered weak points today there are long stretches where it's really talky and mm. so i don't know that it would grab everyone like that but sure but i mean you know it, it's still i think it it's still a heck of a piece of art so but mm. i don't know yeah yeah well my, well, my last note uh, for this minute is the uh, the music. It's uh, it's a very subdued, I would say, but it does have this little creepiness every now and then that kind of hits with a little, you know, not not horror creepy, but you know, just a little sure. eerie. 
like there's something weird going on here. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you're probably not catching on just yet, but mm. just another minute. <laughs> yeah. 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 So at this point, I mean, looks, I mean, that's, you know, that's the, uh, the score just kind of giving you the sense of foreboding. So at this point, they, how much, at the start of this minute, they know that Vite is behind something, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank. So how much of the plot had they uncovered at this point or they're get it's getting uncovered in this minute, I guess. Sure. So, yeah. Um, um, I, th- I mean, they, they obviously, we, we, we've seen all the stuff that they figured out, you know, the killing the comedian. Um, he talked about, uh, framing Rorschach for Moloch and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. The, um, hiring his own assassin, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, here's where they, they're really learning about uh, last minute. I think, and then at the start of this one, the whole killing millions yeah. thing. Um, yeah, well, because last minute was also where they were getting beat up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were. I mean, they were clueless about this <laughs> bigger yeah. plot. Yeah, yeah they know? knew he they was just, up they, to they just, something. You know, they didn't. It was just, know. yeah, it was just like okay, you know, killing killing comedian and thinking that there's that that someone's trying to kill other mm-hmm. masked yeah. Avengers. Yeah, because yeah, even. Uh, Night Owl says line like yesterday about uh, mass humanist extinction, something like that. And, and Ozymandias says, you know, so what's there to discuss? Or, or that might have been him responding to, to Rorschach. But um, yeah, he showed up and he said, we know. know every we know everything or something to that effect. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Even though they did. So, yeah, they, they don't know the whole thing. And, and obviously, I think tomorrow is the big re- uh, revelation as far as what the actual like yeah the genocidal extent of his plan. yeah yeah so yeah really in this minute they learn about the cities that he plans to sacrifice mm-hmm. and um i guess the the information that it, it would come from the mm-hmm. energy breakthrough that he worked on with manhattan yes so. tune in tomorrow for yeah. more genocidal exposition <laughs> <laughs> I like that genocidal exposition. Well, I guess that's the title of this episode, then. I think yeah. we got. Yep, yeah, I think so. Um. So why don't you tell us all about? Uh, I guess, like you said, uh, Galaxy Quest Minute is uh, has been retired, and mm-hmm. and tell us about that, and and anything else yeah. that you're working on. Uh, yeah. So a few projects in Prague and in varying states of completion uh galaxy quest minute has completed its main timeline run um at one point we were going to potentially come back for the um amazon series but that looks like it's on hold um due to studio things being what studio things generally are um but in the meantime you can catch me on independence day minute uh, it's me along with uh, Matthew Soto and Johan Joseph from Roughneck Minute covering the movie Independence Day, much the same fashion as this one. And also a side project whenever I get around to it. Um, 
Doug Greenberg and I working on the movie Major League. That podcast is called Cleveland in Six, going deep into Major League. We are on a very, 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 very sporadic release schedule because both Doug and I have other minute podcasts we're doing. Doug has, uh, what, eight Rocky slash Creed movies <laughs> that he's got to cover. And, yeah. and I, I, I have life. Um, but uh, when time allows... Um, that will make its way out into the world uh, slowly. So subscribe to it and just let it kind of sit there and, and yeah. chill on your feed. And eventually something will show up there and you'll go, hey, look, a present. Uh, but Independence Day is on a regular release schedule. So subscribe to that one if you haven't already. Awesome. Um, any, did you hit social media plugs? Any oh, um, specific? Yeah, at ID4 Minute, uh, Independence Day Minute Listener Squadron, uh, at Galaxy Quest Min. Uh, what the heck? Is, oh, Galaxy Quest Minute Listener Con. Uh, you know, the kind of obvious places. Yeah. Um, no, our social media things are are not obfuscated. So yeah, just look for us out there. You'll find us. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for uh, joining us uh, at the start of the week here. And we'll yeah. definitely keep talking with you um, tomorrow and uh, the rest of the week. Cool. But uh, until then. Oh, actually, I should say. The the whole and um, who watches the Watchmen we do uh, we have Alex to thank for that yeah, way um, way back in the you know early days of planning the podcast that was uh, <laughs> that was all from Alex oh I did that uh, I don't even remember that one <laughs> yeah well Explain. it's your fault anyways so oh okay fine I'll take the blame credit cool whatever. You, you take the blame for everyone doing doing the simpsons yep. mm, yeah 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 so. oh okay good i was gonna do it so yeah okay. <laughs> now that i now that i know that joke has been done i'll, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> well until then who watches the watchmen we, we do. do we do watchmen are over Cinderella, she seems so easy.